Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we'll uh, turn off rugby for a moment and its problems and uh, focus on some golf, shall we? Because it's major weekend and after everything golf has been through over the last seven days, which feels uh, really like 70 days, the US Open is here for a circuit breaker and ready to take centre stage. The Los Angeles Country Club is the venue. We heard from uh, golf dodgers uh, Evan Priest earlier in the week uh, saying he thought the track is an unbelievable condition. The course will be fascinating one to see tamed by the pros with its uh, par threes in particular those very long par threes and the very fast sloping greens so the job uh, to do for us now as uh, punters and pundits is to try and work out who's going to be there come Monday morning our time at the top of the leaderboard and the best guy we've uh, ever spoken to on the show in that regard is one David Bileski of course uh, he's the man for the job and particularly he's hot because he tipped out the Canadian Open winner Nick Taylor last week at 66 to 1. Good morning to you David, pity wouldn't speak to you this time last week. Good morning Sidi, yep, good to be um, back with you, thanks for, thanks for having me on and um, with an intro like that I mean it's no wonder I keep turning up because um, yeah I appreciate all, all the kind words um, but no it was, it was a fantastic tournament at the Canadian Open despite everything um, that was, was going on in the world you know it was great to see that storyline come through with um, first Canadian since 1954 winning the um, Canadian Open and um, what a way to do it with a 72 foot eagle putt on the, the final hole. Absolutely stunning with all those people uh, around the green as well, uh, loyal Canadian fans. It was just, oh, I mean, storybook stuff to be perfectly honest, David. So, which turns our attention to, of course, the US Open. Uh, the Canadian Open has often been a quite a good form guideline, although a lot of players do tend to dodge it as well. Uh, this time around, uh, this is an interesting one for you to work your way through because this is at the Los Angeles Country Club. Now, it's been 75 years, you know, since the US Open has been contested in Los Angeles. I had no idea. 75 years. In fact, the last time it was contested here uh, at uh, in Los Angeles, Ben Hogan won. Ben Hogan, damn well, won the tournament way back then. So there is no form on this course, David. That's what I'm getting at for you to analyse. Yeah, exactly. No, it's a, it's a tricky one. We, I mean, we do get this every so often. We would get a new course pop up on the the rotation that we haven't seen any professional tournaments. I mean, this this course did host a Pac-12 championship, so sort of a college level event, um, and a Jimmy Walker Cup as well. So, uh, sorry, a Walker Cup as well. But um, in regards to those, I think that the course now is just going to play so much different that you can kind of throw out any statistics you glean from those events out the window. It's it looks to be a very very difficult test. I'd say compared to other US Opens, the one difference that I noticed with this is that a lot of the the fairways do appear to be a lot wider than particularly what we'd see at, say, like a Brookline. So it, it looks a lot more open. I think that there's going to be potential for drivers to to really take advantage here. The rough is going to be the typical US Open stuff. You drop your ball on there and, it, and it's gone and you, you're going to need to be standing right next to it to find it. Um, and then it's going to play extremely firm and extremely fast. So there, there's been a few things I've been able to glean about the course um, studying this week and, and speaking to, to a few people and 
um, yeah, I think that it's it's just going to provide a very very stern test for all facets of the game. Despite those those fairways being as wide as they are, I think they will be be a little bit narrower than they appear on first sight. There's a lot of slopes, mm-hmm. there's a lot of undulations. There's been a lot of comparisons actually to Augusta National from those on the ground. Um, in terms of you have to be on the right side of the fairway, otherwise you're going to end up with a blind shot, or you're going to end up um, approaching the green from the wrong direction. And, and these greens are going to get extremely fast and extremely very, very, very quickly. So um, LA gets dry, it's humid, there's a little bit of breeze as well, and it's hot. So those greens are going to bake out, and it's going to be a very, very tough test. It, it, it may be a case of getting around in par is just as as important as, as securing a few birdies on your card. I was going to say, US Opens are, well, traditionally not one with very big under-par scores. Um, the other interesting factor about this golf course is the five-par threes, David, which means iron accuracy, um, as it is off the fairway anyway, but might be quite paramount as well. Absolutely, yeah. What I, what I would say with a couple of the moment, a couple of the, the, the yardages just catch your eye off the board. You've got the 280-yard um, seventh. That does play to a hole where the entire front of the green is exposed, so almost almost links-like in nature. It's not a true links course, but the, of, of all the US Opens that I think we'll have, this could be the most links-like in nature, and I think a lot of players will be able to um, sort of drive it up there and allow the ball run onto the green, so it may play a little bit shorter than, than on the book. And the same with the 11th. I mean, it, it, on paper, over 290 yards for a par three looks incredibly intimidating. I mean, that's that's a par four for, for you and I, Smithy. But uh, with that, it is quite significantly downhill as well. So there, there's a lot of elevation changes. There's lots of that. Uh, undulation with those five five path threes. I will point that they're all going to play in different directions to the wind. So if the prevailing southwest wind is um, a factor here, each of those path threes is going to provide a very very different direction. And then you've got a, a hole that may play as short as seventy five yards with an incredibly thin sliver of green. Um, it's a fascinating um, green shape, extremely creative from from the designer George Thomas. And within that that little sliver is only um, eight yards from, from front to back and if they pop a flag there and they're going at it with lob wedge coming down the stretch on Sunday that's going to be a, a incredibly um, intimidating shot for whoever's leading or trying to win uh, the US Open this year. I, I do think that the par 3 scoring particularly approaches over 200 yards will go a long way to determining the winner this week. Okay, let's uh, look at some of the individuals involved here and of course they're all here live players as well um, Matt Fitzpatrick is the defending champion, the Englishman. Uh, if I look at uh, the general betting around uh, the world, I've visited a few websites. It's the Scheffler, Ram, Kepka type show at the top. Yeah, and look, that makes sense. I mean, Scotty Scheffler's just doing insane things with the ball striking at the moment. The approach numbers and driving game is just is is an historic run that, that really can only be compared to Tiger Woods in terms of the level that he is exceeding the field in those metrics. However, the putter has gone really, really cold the last sort of 10 tournaments or so. And so he's on this historic run. He's now he's now um, 
top, finished in the top 15 in his last 15 tournaments, which has never been down before he surpassed Tiger Woods, who previously held that record at 14. The the issue comes that his ball striking's got to keep him in contention. Will he be able to get the putter going? Because so far with this this year, we haven't really seen that for the last couple of months. It, it probably still means that he'll be there in contention. I just don't know on a on a course like the US Open where you're going to need to make an eight-footer to save par and keep your momentum because you are going to miss the fairway. You're going to end up in some really tough rough. You're going to miss greens. You're going to have, face very, very tough chips and these greens are going to be very hard to hold you're going to have to make some clutch putts down the the stretch and I'm not sure that Sheffler's game in that regards there yet Um, John Rahm's been doing incredible things as well and it's it's really been the the two of them and then Brooks Keeper in a a major um, anybody's guess which Brooks Keeper turns up but he just seems to be able to flick a switch and and turn up in a major and and perform well which is um, absolutely incredible I, I kind of speculate how many PGA tours he could have if he actually cared about a regular PGA Tour event as much as he cares about the majors. So um, mm. he's, a, he's a fascinating um, case study. Um, so it, look, it, any of those three obviously have potential to win. They're, they're, they're rightfully hit up the betting market, but I think that there's some interesting options further down the board where you can still find a bit of value um, if you are looking that way. Uh, okay, so um, we just continue on down. Um, do you think Rory's got a major in him, or is, is there too much going on around Rory um, with being a spokesman, um, sort of being a you know a, a flagship, uh, that kind of thing the whole time? I mean, he's still a relatively young man, but he seems to be the one they go to now all the time. Do you think it's getting to him? I, I think it has over the last twelve months. I mean, as you and I discussed at the at the Masters earlier in the year, we thought that that potentially he might be able to to rise to the occasion and and try and challenge some of the live golfers, and it went completely sideways instead. And, and I do think it, it has taken a mental toll on him, and he's kind of alluded to as much over the last couple of months. I, I do wonder with the the investment from PIF into PGA and sort of the the start of unifying the the world tours again. I wonder wonder if that actually takes a bit of pressure off for him. I wonder if that now he goes, okay, well, look, that's now out of my hands. I know as much as anybody else. I don't have to be involved in it, and I can actually just focus on playing golf again. I I would say that that Rory's approach game is a lot better from over 200 yards than what we saw last week at the Canadian Open, which which demanded a lot of weird shots, and that that may be the one flaw in in Rory's game. So I wouldn't be surprised if he turns around and he's he's in the top 10 again. Um, He may come out with a a point to prove after, as you said, being trotted out over the last 12 months to defend the PGA Tour, and then they kind of go behind his back and and sign with um, the, the PIF fund anyway. Do you see, David, the possibility of someone winning their first major here or someone winning their first major for a long time? Yes. Yep. I, I absolutely do. I think this is a kind of course where, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll give you two names that are, there are a couple of my favourites, and you'll probably wince at both of them, uh, Patrick Cantlay and Xander Schauffele. So Patrick Cantlay um, is a product of UCLA. It's literally five minutes drive right next to LA Country Club. So he's had the opportunity to play this course more than a dozen times, far more than any other professional golfer who's playing this week. He's had the opportunity to, to get used to these greens, to see the layout of this course and, and get used to it over time. 
he's obviously had difficulties in majors previously. However, he's on a run as um, finishing in the top 14 or better in his last four majors. He switched um, iron providers and equipment providers earlier this year after the end of one of his sponsorship deals. And his ball striking has kind of gone through the roof after that because he's been able to play the equipment that he wants. So I think that he's a really interesting option. Someone like Xander Schauffele as well. I, I see some sort of, sort of parallels to the Renaissance Club over at, in Scotland, which hopes to the Scottish Open last year. Winning score there was minus seven. I think that's fully within the realms of possibility this week. And it feels like Xander, if he is going to win a major, it has to be a situation like this where the course is going to play so tough that you can almost fall into victory and suddenly you're you're winning the, the US Open. I, I've never seen Xander as someone who's going to go out in the first round, shoot seven under and then win wire to wire. It's kind of like he needs to stumble into these victories and not put the pressure on himself. Um, and he's obviously a California guy as well going for Stanford um, just up the road there. Ryan Fox, of course, uh, in the event as well, um, and uh, he's been very creditable in his um, PGA and uh, US tournament performances so far in terms of uh, top 25s, top 30s, etc. Uh, can he go closer this time? I hope so. Look, I, I had the privilege of, of interviewing um, Foxy a couple of weeks ago, and so you can find that interview on my my Twitter page um, at Deep Dive Golf or on YouTube at Wind Daily Sports. And it was it was a real pl- pleasure to speak with him. We spoke for about twenty minutes, and um, I did did sort of ask him not not actually in regards to the US Open, but in regards to the Open Championship. I said, look, you know, you you won the Alfred Dunhill Links, one of the most prestigious tournaments on the DP World Tour. Um, he's played very well at the Open Championship before, and I asked, you know, what sort of suits his, his game in terms of the length style and, and his answer was really intriguing because he said I, I really like these courses where I know that it's going to be tough because I don't feel I need to go out there and birdie every hole and I think that's exactly what he's going to find this week at the US Open and and adding to that it's also a US Open that I think is going to play somewhat links like you're going to have to be very creative he spoke about that in our interview as well he's obviously got plenty of distance off the tee that's no problem for Ryan Fox whatsoever um, so I think that he's He's a sneaky dark horse. I really think that Ryan Fox could be in contention here. I, I love him for a top 40, if you can see um, those options out there. I know with the TAB, they had him at the top um, for a top 20 um, at $6.50, and I think that's, that's really great value because he's he's already done it in PGA Championships. He's finished 23rd at the PGA Championship and 26th in Masters. He's, he's playing at a phenomenal level, and I think he could could sneak his way to the top of the leaderboard and I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever and I hope he does Who's your smoky smoky or a possibility of someone really deep coming uh, coming out there, you know a, 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 a Tony Finau or someone, someone of that bracket, maybe an overseas player, not an American yeah, I think Tony Finau's got a got a good shout. Um, his his approach play over 200 yards is really the strength of Tony Finau's game. We saw that at the Mexico Open where he won, Memorial Park where he won as well. Both courses where over 200 yards is extremely important. Uh, he, he has won in weaker fields, and that would probably be the, the thing that people raise, but he's got a very, very good... Um, record at Augusta National as well. So if we're drawing any parallels of this course to Augusta, um, he's got correlated form there. I, I do think that that it does come from the the sort of top of the board. I think Wyndham Clark's on an incredible 
incredible run, different ranking sites, ranking 13th in the world, and he's kind of priced far, far down the board. Um, same with Ricky Fowler. I think Ricky Fowler could could surprise a few people and show up in a major once again. We've seen him play very, very well at Augusta, as I mentioned. He's on a very good run of um, top 15s. Someone like Justin Rose as well, who's got an incredible short game. He's on a very good one, one at Pebble Beach earlier this year. And then in terms of anyone sort of like far, far down the board, um, I think that if you're, you're starting to compromise one side of the game, you're better to compromise driving distance, uh, sorry, driving accuracy over driving distance. So maybe even someone like Sepp Straka, who can get very, very hot, his, his approach game is really tuned um, the last few rounds and, and he drives it long enough to, to get the job done. So there's a few guys out there that I think that you can um, plug in, but this week I've actually released my article free of charge in celebration of our 66 to 1 um, win last week. So you can just jump onto oh, Twitter oh. at Deep Dive Golf. Go read of my article. Um, I've got six <laughs> headline sh- tips in there and a few bonds in there. So um, fill your guts. I absolutely do, and I absolutely will, um, because I, I regard you because of the. I mean, we're just hearing the amount of research you do on uh, on people's individual skills within their own game is is so is so deep dive. It is so deep dive. It's exceptionally exceptionally well named. Cut like what? What do you reckon the cut number and the winning number might be? Uh, we, we're looking at red figures for either. Uh, no, I think that the cut will likely be over par. I think that anything under par is going to be very, very good this week. I think the winning score will be somewhere between minus six to minus nine. That's really contingent of what they do with these greens because it's going to be pretty calm in the mornings and then in the afternoons, it looks like the winds are going to be picking up between 20 to 25 miles per hour. So those sort of gusty conditions with humidity, with the warmth, they're, they're going to crisp up. And I, I think... I mean, the rumour on the driving range is that they're going to have to water the greens um, between the morning and the afternoon because otherwise it's just going to get so out of hand. If they don't do that, then, then um, you know, a winning score at plus one might even happen. So, I, look, I think I think it's going to be a single-digit winner, probably under par. I think you'll maybe only see a dozen guys get under par. And, uh, yeah, I think the, the cut line will be slightly over par, maybe plus two, plus three. Absolutely brilliant, David Bileski. You are uh, uh, the guru, I, I regard anyway. At Deep Dive Golf, folks, go there and go there and get onto some of this information because it's absolutely superb. Uh, I don't think I've uh, known a guy who's researched go- golf as deeply as, as you do, David. Congratulations on that. 66 to 1. Man, uh, that's going to keep a, a lot of people in beer for a long time. Cheers, buddy. Uh, enjoy the next uh, three to four days, and uh, let's hope uh, you cash in on it as well as we might be able to as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's another year, and, and good luck to Foxy as well. Hope it goes well.